everyone, one and all, all in one, episode 87 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. I'll answer to either one. I've answered to way worse, which is sad. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, joining me as usual, as you just heard, is the goddess of giggles, the princess of the plague this week, <laughs> the ironborn, Agent Nicole. I blame you, because I wasn't like this last week, and we're on the opposite ends of it. Like, you sound very nice, and I sound like shit. You sound like girl Batman. <laughs> Bat girl man. Batman. Did you just say her name? Why did you say that name? Uh, joining us also is our uh, our third co-host, the, uh, the patient zero of this... Uh, flu-like symptom that's been going around because she had it first and oh you guys didn't tell me this <laughs> <laughs> i don't have i need a flu. bubble i don't have a flu wait a minute i didn't have the flu you had whatever you had she i had excited. a cold no i yeah i had a really bad cold from waiting outside in like negative temperatures for two and a half hours to meet asking alexandria and then you pass it on did to you me. get anything did you ask for anything um, I did have a couple of really cool interactions she with them. She didn't even see Alexandria. What the fuck? <laughs> Got a little tongue, so it's all good. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, so. That's what you pay extra in the VIP. Yeah, that's yeah. For an extra tongue. <laughs> and that, of course, is the mistress of Merlot, uh, the real housewife of Transylvania. That's Ashes von Nightmare. Everyone. Hello, everyone. How are you guys? Not sick anymore. I'm I'm surviving. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anything, you still look cute, Agent Nicole. Oh, thanks. In your Bob's Burgers pajama pants. I'm a little jealous. Thanks. Gonna have to get me some. And, uh, of course, we couldn't put the show on without our, uh, our producer extraordinaire, the hardest working man in podcasting, the boy in the bubble, Johnny Wolfenstein. I wish. Uh, have you guys gotten facts on that? I, we're all about the facts here. I want to know that I am... The hardest working man in podcasting. Yes. Well, I've, I've, you know, on your show, that's not difficult to do. Um, <laughs> well, if, if you uh, look at the extracurricular stuff going on lately, yes, it is a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. El Goro's up there. He, uh, that guy goes he's crazy. Very, he's very prolific. He is. He, reading books, watching movies. I don't know how he does it. In a one-man show. Yep. So it might it might be close. It might be, uh, but he's yep. only doing one show. You're he's, doing yeah. several, and you have to deal with people. <laughs> yes, or wild animals. I do. That is uh, one of one of my uh, one of the things I could put in my resume. <laughs> Curator of large mammals. <laughs> I, I produce the Elm Street Kids Movie Club, and I also produce Unchained. That I, I should be given an, an award for those. Yes, yes, you That's should. That's a diamond chain right there. <laughs> lifetime achievement award. Yeah. <laughs> no one killed each other. Award. There's a there's That's a special a place for you in Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you what would you call a podcast? Would you call it a potty or a casty? What an like, award? What, yeah, like it is, I think it is called a potty. I think they both suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not your fault, Patrick. Oh, no, I'm just I'm saying just... that when they typically name awards, they they just choose you know or, they, yeah. or you know like like something like that. But yeah, well, I, I, done. I'll figure the it Dundies. Out. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Let's call it a Dundee. Uh. Yes, I actually know that reference. Ooh, I won an awardee. 
So today, what we're going to be doing uh, is we are we are guest free today because we were just overwhelmed by the support that we had the last couple of weeks. Because uh, you know, having having Justin and and Mark and Ian coming all the way up from uh, from Maryland to help us out, um, that was just. We we are overwhelmed. We can't take any more guests this week, dude. Like we had some rad fucking guests. Like yeah. they were awesome. Those Dropping guys were knowledge great. and bringing me wine. Come back anytime, guys. Anytime, oh, dude. Yeah. That wine got on my sweatshirt <laughs> and it got on my pants. Yeah, my my wine is is a little more contained this week. Okay, so yes. Yeah, Ashes was trying to open up the wine. What were you using, like a fucking screwdriver? I'm MacGyver, that son of a bitch open. I realize if we had a lighter, you could light the side of the bottle and the cork falls in. Yeah, because it'll expand. In the... Yeah. But then the cork will be stuck when you try to pour it. But it was already stuck when we were pouring it already. It's okay. It's I, right. I made it work. Yeah. After like it Tim Gunn says, everywhere. make it work. At least it only got on you and not any of the fancy equipment. No, when I did, I did give Agent Nicole some tips as to how to get red wine out of her hoodie. So, yes, yes. So, yeah, uh, back to what I was saying again. Thank you to our our phenomenal guests uh, over the last couple of weeks. And uh, we've gotten quite a quite a response from the Amalgamania folks. And uh, there's a couple of folks who have reached out wanting to uh, join us as well. So. That's so awesome. We love guests and we love listeners. We've got some... Uh, we've and got we some love you. Stuff. The official podcast of Amalgamania. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> that could be cool. That could work. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to run that by uh, Taryn. So we hope you loved the Black Panther show. I learned so much. And unfortunately, because the plague had struck my household, uh, we have not... Had a chance to go see Black I'm Panther so yet, sorry. but we're going tomorrow night. Well, that's yes, it. that's all. So that yes, yes. So we are going to get out there. We are going to support this movie. We've heard nothing but good things, it, and, and we've managed to dodge spoilers. I've dodged spoilers. I I haven't even watched a trailer for this. Like this is the first time I'm like going into a movie. Like I don't want to know like anything. I've seen like a couple of screenshots and. You know, it things is. like that. T'Challa is a king. Yeah, oh, great. <laughs> now you ruined it. <laughs> I, I will say this. It was a very emotional film, and it was just... The cast really made the film. It, I You will enjoy it. You will love it. You will be cheering on. And one thing that Marvel has had issues with is the villains sometimes. Oh, and yeah. I will say that they did a really good job with the villain in like, this Like, other film. than Tom Hiddleston, the Ma- villains have been garbage? Maybe too good. Yeah. <laughs> maybe too good, but it was really... Like, I was very impressed from start to end. Wow. Excellent. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this so I can finally yes. join the conversation because people keep asking, who was your favorite character? What was your favorite Well, not part? only that, like, some of our friends have written articles that have contained spoilers, so uh, I have yet to read our I friends' tried. articles. Our because, buddy Mark, Mark Lynch, yeah. who was on last week of Bam Smack Pow, did a, uh, an article about... Uh, about Black Panther, you can find that in the Throwdown Thursday group. Yep, definitely try, check that out. I try not to spoil it because I I've been on the receiving end of it. Because you're a good doobie. <laughs> I had both but, Logan and Star Wars, the most recent Star Wars uh, pieces of that ruined for me. Yeah, so I just I I know I tweeted out like it's a it's in a very emotional film and like um, what really made me happy was like a lot of celebrities were very very for it and i know brie larson was like a huge one trying to get she was like 
fundraising a lot of children to go see Black Panther and like I was just like I love you Captain Marvel even more and like it's it's a really like I I can't wait to hear your thoughts on them thought out of it it's definitely one of the top Marvel films in my opinion oh yeah we'll definitely have a discussion about it (laughs) later on but um what are we talking about today well today we are discussing a couple of characters that um you know, Are we, we going on a journey through time and space? We are to the world of the mighty Boosh. The mighty Boosh. That's right. We are going to be talking about uh, Vince Noir and Howard Moon. I'm so excited for this episode. You have no freaking idea. These are uh, this show and the next few weeks are characters that like I can't believe we haven't covered. They're just some. We're going to be doing some. Fun characters, guys. So uh, brace yourselves. Come some fun stuff is coming at you. Yeah, characters. I don't know why. I, I, was, I don't know why I, I decided to censor myself at that moment, that specific moment. I yeah, don't know why. I'm, I'm a look too. I don't know why either. Because we uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about a lot of fun characters. But today, you know, we've got uh, Howard and, and Vince, and these are characters. A lot of folks. Uh, may not be familiar with the Mighty Boosh, but they are familiar with Old Greg. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Old Greg is probably the most popular episode of the Mighty Boosh for a couple of uh, YouTube clips. And not only that, it was mentioned in um, uh, Rolling Stone in like 2004. I got a mangina. <laughs> I'm Old Greg. And the thing that's nice about you, fuzzy little man, Peach. This show, <laughs> oh my god, is it's you know you have a drunk Bailey's from a it's shoe. It's a serial. Mm, like every remix. week is something different. It's. Uh, I love how the continuity factor of this show is the fact that there really is no continuity. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the stories, like their origin stories, kind of vary from episode to episode. Um, you don't really know how old they are. Yeah. One episode, they're the same age. Another episode, Howard is 10 years older mm-hmm. than Vince. Um, other episodes, they just, you just, you don't know. But like, it doesn't matter because it's so fucking fun. Each episode is pretty much self-contained. Right. Like, you don't really <laughs> have to watch. Um, so the series itself ran for from 2003 to 2007 um, there are three seasons and you don't have to watch each season like in order in order to really understand what's going on and appreciate it um, it does you know I mean you can and that's what I usually choose to do just because I, I prefer through. to do it that way um, but each episode it's like its own self-contained little unit and um each season kind of has its own thing as well so you know season one they're in a zoo season two they're in a flat yeah season three they're in the boutique (laughs) yeah it's it's a high quality show and if you've never checked it out it's currently streaming on hulu and uh you're welcome by the way well, I own all the DVDs. No, I so know, I don't but where it's streaming. No, but I like. I remember telling Ashley, and she was just like, "What?" Well, I just I'm so lazy. Like, <laughs> if I don't have to get up and put the discs in, that's just great. Yeah. And like, Hulu remembers where I'm at when I stop. Yeah. And like, Hulu like welcomes you back. So you turn it on, and it's like, "Hello." Well, it says "Hello, Patrick" because it's underneath his name, but still, it's like, "Hello, welcome to Hulu." Would you like to continue watching what you were watching? And it's so nice. Like when you haven't had any real human interaction. 
interaction or any, I shouldn't say that when you've had really crappy human interaction all day at work, present company excluded, like to go home and have Hulu be like, here, let me cradle you. Let me pour you a glass of wine and turn on your favorite show. Watch Noel Fielding for five hours. Like, thanks, Hulu. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good stuff. I mean, I don't mind getting up and changing the DVDs, <laughs> but, you know. I don't like putting forth any extra effort than I have to. Like, if I'm going to be a fucking couch potato, God damn it, I want to be a fucking couch potato. Potato me. Couch. Okay. <laughs> Potato. Um, yeah, so one of the things that happens a lot, uh, regardless of the season, is uh, they go on a lot of different adventures and like so many wacky adventures. things happen. So what we thought we'd talk about today uh, as our jumping off point before we get into our real character discussion is what our favorite, like if we could have joined the, the Bush crew on uh, any of their adventures whether it be the whole crew with Balo and, and Naboo, or whether it just be Vince and Howard by themselves, uh, what what uh, what adventure would we want to go on them? Go on with them with... I don't know, I'm, I'm using too many prepositions. So, uh, Agent Nicole, we'll start off with you so you can rest your voice a little bit. The Yeti episode, season two, first episode, the Yeti episode... Where it basically is they are leaving the zoo. They're deciding, you know what, we're going to branch away, see what what's out there. And Howard's like, oh, I'm going to take us to this cabin. It kind of, I feel like this is where they actually explore who they are creatively. Like in the first, se- first series, you know, they're in their kind of like bubble of like they're in their zooniverse, they're, they're zookeepers. Whereas in this series in season two they really kind of branch out like the music is a little bit more vibey like you see a lot of Noel Fielding's artistic abilities and the Yeti one I just I remember watching I had to watch it twice I I don't know it's just ridiculous I feel like you get to understand who Howard and Howard and Vince are and I enjoy how um, I think towards the end of the episode um, you know, Howard is out there, you know, he's trying to become a photojournalist, like he's trying to branch out one of his artistic abilities. And there's like a Yeti, a horny Yeti out there who's ready to mate with somebody. <laughs> and I think the song that they sing, I can't remember, now I can't remember the song. It's from all the cold medicine I've like ingested in the past 24 hours. But Yeah, the Yeti magic song. <laughs> yes. Um, Naboo's just like, telling Vince like stay punk don't join like don't join the you're a punk stay punk yeah don't listen to the hippie nonsense and then they start singing yeah and Vince is like what about you and Naboo's like I'm a shaman my mind is fortress and the next thing you know like Naboo's joined in and it's like this hippie love circle it's a jump cut right to that he's like (laughs) don't worry about me I'm a shaman my mind's like a fortress see because I I was going to say the same thing the Yeti episode because it does really give you an idea of who Howard is Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, Vince has like dozens and dozens and dozens of outfits that he's picking out. <laughs> I love that. To go for the weekend. Yeah. And Howard's like, this is everything I need right here. The tweed utility suit. And he's like, what happens if you, you want to sw- if you want to go swimming? He's like, it zips down to trunks. And then Naboo, who is a the shame. And then this, he, he doesn't put his trousers back on. And they're like, what happened to your suit? And he's like, the zipper got stuck. He's like, yeah. <laughs> 
it wouldn't it wouldn't zip back up. So he's just like got this tweed speedo, a tweedo, a tweedo, if, a tweedo yeah. so to speak. But I, it's tweedo. You've heard it third it first. Just, I'll throw I it out like Thursday. That episode, like I would totally join in with the freaking like magic of that episode and just like branch out and be like trying to save Howard from being like. Yeti loving. Well, it's, it also it, <laughs> loving. it introduces a couple of the themes that you like the running gags that you see. Yeah, like Howard gets in trouble because Vince he thinks he's being he thinks a he's, woman. Yeah, everybody thinks Vince is a girl because he's very androgynous. But God, it, I love that he's he, so uh, foxy. Everybody Ugh. has to always rescue Howard because Howard thinks he's good at something that he's not quite as good as he thinks he is. Like. Oh, I'm a great fisherman. Oh, I'm a I'm a great outdoor. You know, I I read this book on the wilderness. Yeah. You know, then he meets the uh, what the hell was his name? The 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 character that Rich Vulture played. Some, like, I forget, but he's supposed to be dude he's, hunter. He's like a, a a wilderness man. He's like, yeah. see this? Oh, I got. Bitten by a moose and right here gored by a rhino. And, you know, he's asking him like all these like you have a breastfeed a wolverine and like, you know, it's like that's that's stuff you can't learn from the books. You know, it's it's excellent. And you you get, you know, you see a little more about Naboo being a shaman and Balo is talking gorilla familiar. And so you and I are on the same page. Ashes, what about you? So. I really had to think about this because some of my favorite uh, episodes are situations that I don't know if I so much would want to be involved in some of the, you know those situations like the Nanageddon episode oh where God, they I love that. they you know pretend to be goth and they take Naboo's like forbidden occult book and the they black perform, magic book instead of the beige magic book. Yes, and they perform black magic and they conjure the most frightening demon of all time, which is uh, Nana. Nana 2. Nana 2. And um, what happens is if the Nana got, uh, Nana 2 got um, her hands on the book, she could multiply and start this whole Nanageddon, hence the name of of the episode. Um, But anyways, that's not something I'd really want to be. I mean, like, I'm all for the black arts, but, you know, you just don't fuck with that. Um, So my second favorite episode is kind of a, it's kind of tame in comparison to some of the other ones. And it's in the third season. It's titled Party. And it's Howard's birthday. (laughs) And Vince is dead set on throwing Howard this big rager for his birthday. And Howard's like, no, I don't think so. Like, you did this to me once before. You told me there was going to be a bouncy castle. You stood me up. I don't think so. And Vince is like, no, no, there's gonna, I promise you there's going to be a bouncy castle. It's going to be fabulous. And then they do this thing where they, they, they crimp. And I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more when uh, we do the character discussion. But they do this crimp, and I'm going to sing it to you right now because it's so great. 
bouncy, bouncy. Ooh, such a good time. Bouncy, bouncy. Shoes all in a line. Bouncy, bouncy. Everybody somersault, somersault, summertime. Everybody sing along. Bouncy, bouncy. Ooh, such a good time. Bouncy, bouncy. White socks slipping down. Bouncy, bouncy. Stilettos are a no, no. Bouncy, bouncy. Ooh, bouncy, bouncy. Ooh, every time I bounce, I feel I touch the sky. But yeah, it's such a great episode. And the party that Noel ends up throwing for Howard. Granted, it was more for Noel than for Howard, but it looks like a really good time. And guess what, guys? Noel does not let Howard down. He gets him a bouncy castle and it's so great. And I don't know why, but like a bouncy, as an adult, bouncy castles look so much more appealing now than they did as a child. I mean, like, you know, this big inflatable blob of funness. Like, I just... I want a bouncy castle for my birthday, Patrick. I already told you that I want one uh, for uh, my 40th. I want but a, yeah, a it's, I mean, that episode's great because you can see a lot of the dynamic between the two of them. And uh, there is a scene that I'm going to hold off talking about until we talk. Um, we're talking a little more about the character discussion. But yeah, I, I think it's that episode. So it's not this epic adventure that they go on, but it's just something nice that Noel does for Howard. Not Noel, Vince. I keep calling him Noel, don't I? <laughs> it's hard. We're, we're on a first name basis. What can I say? <laughs> we know each other. We raid each other's closets. No, we don't. I wish we had. We get hackled. Can we by just him? talk about that for two seconds, though? Like, <laughs> so. Vince Noir and Noah Fielding, I'm pretty sure, are, like, the same person. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Vince Noir is a hyperbole of Noah Fielding. Yeah. And I feel like there wasn't much costuming needed because Noah Fielding had all of that in his closet. Oh, yeah. And I'm so jealous. God, some of those kimonos are just... ah. Um, and the anyways. ponchos. It's impossible to feel sad in a poncho. When I was, All you need is a sombrero. <laughs> so I was, before we go to break, I was watching the series and I was like, oh my God, we're the Mighty Boosh. Like Patrick is Howard, Ashes is Bence, and I'm Naboo. Yeah, because oh you're, my short, God, you're yes. always turning your back well, you on You know, me. it's really funny. <laughs> no, it's really funny that you said that because I told that Pat- to Patrick the other day. I was like, oh my God, we're like Howard and Vince. I'm like, you are so Howard and I'm Vince because everyone mistakes me for a woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I said, there's a reason for that. <laughs> but I was like, oh my God. I was like, the more I watch, I was like, this is Patrick and Ashes, like all the way. Like, this is your show. This yeah. is you. This is all about you and Ashes, the Mighty Bushes. You're Howard, and she's Vince. I do have yeah. the best hair. Yeah, you do. And mine's pretty much like brown smoke. I've, <laughs> used, that, I've used that line repeatedly. Yes. And I'm just Nabu. I'm there to listen to all your troubles and turn my back. Mm-hmm. But like the two of them, Howard and Vince, they wouldn't make it without Nabu. Like, Naboo is their solid. Naboo is, like, their backbone. Like, they do a lot of crazy shenanigans. Granted, Howard is a little more uh, stable than than Vince. Vince is a dreamer. He's out there. He doesn't necessarily see the bigger picture. He just, you know, goes off on a whim where Howard is a little more methodical and... uh, 
takes precautions and stuff and and uh they still find themselves in these crazy 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 situations and you know they wouldn't survive without Naboo uh most of the time yeah cuz he always has Naboo is essentially their um he's their spirit guide no i was going to say he's their uh batman utility belt because they always have they always have something he always has something that they need, like, oh, Howard's been kidnapped by a sea monster. Oh, do you still have a submarine? Yeah, it's upstairs and next to the Christmas lights. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> he's always got something. Whether it's I a... legit always have something that you're going to need. This is true. So I am Naboo. And I'm going to turn my back you need to a familiar. you. You need a familiar. <laughs> I know, I need a familiar. Someone be my familiar. Sandy can be your familiar. Yeah, Sandy can be my familiar. She might fight me. <laughs> She's my bellow. So I think uh, that's a pretty good uh, introduction to what we uh, want to talk about. So I think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get into more of the dynamic between the two of them and how they interact uh, season to season, especially with the other characters. Because while Vince and Howard are a huge part, um, there's a lot that can be said for the, you know, satellite characters that go along with them. Flirtinis all around. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Do you love a scary story? Do you love to dance? The big scary monster haunts in midnight is a collection of dark songs about sex. Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the Kid. You know, a town without Best Darn Diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's Kid, Richie the Kid. And I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast? Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now, you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to Best Darn Diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly review show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series.
And we're back. So I think what we should do first is go around real quick and uh, find out. We'll start again with Nicole. Always me. Uh, yeah, alphabetical You're number order. one. Agent You're Nicole. Number one. What uh, What was your first introduction to this show? Um. Okay. So there's like multiple parts. So this is gonna be a. Little, this is this will be like a mighty boosh episode, like all over the fucking place. Um. So I was actually. It, all right. This is good. This is gonna be all over the place. So th- I think the first time I've ever seen a mighty boosh episode, I believe I saw it on Adult Swim. Yeah. Probably. I want to say probably 2009 ish. Or so, I think I was just, I, like, came home late. No, this was, like, probably 2012. But anyways, I was coming home late from working at Target. It was the holiday times. And I usually watch Adult Swim. I watch Children's Hospital, which is another show that kind of, you don't have to watch every episode to get a storyline. Like, each episode has its own storyline, and then it moves on to a different storyline. So it's it's just, like, the Mighty Boosh, like, anyways... So I remember seeing it and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? (laughs) Yeah. And so then I didn't, I like, I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. I I get it, whatever. So, and then I, it just never picked up again until I probably, probably two, three years ago, I ended up um, playing an online game where it was kind of like centric against with like British comedians and actors and actresses and whatever and someone in the game was obsessed with the uh, the big fat quiz show which is like their annual quiz big fat quiz show and i love richard arwadi who we'll definitely talk about in this episode but he was always paired up with uh, noel fielding and the two of them were (laughs) like they're like they're besties and i love it like I think Ashes is the Noel Fielding and I'm the Richard Arwardy. <laughs> like that's how I like imagine our relationship. Pretty much, yes. yeah. And um, and then I was like, oh my god, that guy looks familiar. And so then I realized, okay, this I know now. I know who it is. And then you guys let me borrow the Mighty Boosh your special DVDs. And I watched. I think I watched the first season, and then I just I never finished watching it. And then we went to go see Noel Fielding, and we got heckled by Noel Fielding because we were laughing. <laughs> he was wearing a Mogwai shirt. Yes, so that's like my exposure. He to couldn't all- get it wet. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't wash it. He also couldn't feed it, it after midnight. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how I've been introduced to the world of the Mighty Boosh. Ashes, yeah, what about you? Um, so we're just talking introductions. Yeah, the like first her. time you. Uh, so it was Adult Swim. I, I think it was the Yeti episode. To be honest with you, I used to when I was single and living in my own apartment. God, I miss those days. Hi, sweetie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I used to fall asleep with the TV on. And I would nine times out of ten fall asleep to Adult Swim. And I woke up and I want to say it was like uh, two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's usually where they Yeah, it was some really odd time. And I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? What is that? And then like they spoke and I was like, oh, they're British. I I, I like that. I can dig that. Um, And... I just kept watching it and it was so bizarre and the music was 
great but weird and the actors were great but weird and I was hooked and so I started getting up like I would set my alarm to whatever time they I mean I forget what year this was this may have been like 2000 in eight two thousand nine, I think that's around the time when it started airing in the U.S. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I would stay up or set my alarm or whatever so I could catch an episode of The Mighty Boosh, and I saw several episodes of season two. And when Patrick and I started dating, he mentioned something about the Mighty Boosh. And I was like, I think I know what that is. And so we started talking about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's these two guys, Howard Moon and Vince Dumar. And they go on these crazy adventures. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I really like that show. Uh, So I bought him slash us the entire series on DVD back in the day. And had I known that, you know, and we started dating back in 2009. So had I known, actually, I don't know if we were together when this came around, but um, the last time that they did the Mighty Boosh live show and toured America was in 2009. So I kind of wish I had known more about it then. I mean, very grateful that we had the opportunity to go see Noel Fielding live because his live show is very similar to a Mighty Boosh show. And, um, Michael Fielding, his brother, and Rich Fulger uh, toured with him. So it was kind of like a a Mighty Boosh reunion. And he also um, resurrected some of his Mighty Boosh characters, like the moon. Um, (laughs) It's me, the moon. Everybody look at the moon. Um, So that was really rad. But yeah, I think it was back in like 2008, 2009, um, Adult Swim. And I definitely remember it was the Yeti episode. And I just remember thinking, wow, that Vince character is so fabulous. So yeah, what about you, Patrick? Um, I started watching the show. One of my uh, students recommended it to me. This is in 2006 was the first time I saw it. And it was, of course, the old Greg episode because that was what was available for free on uh, on uh, YouTube. And I thought it was, like, weird, and I had to watch it a couple of times to kind of get it all. And, I mean, after that, I started searching out other episodes. I saw the Yeti. I saw the Tundra. um and yeah, I've I've just been a huge fan ever since. Like those are <laughs> Noel Fielding and uh Julian Barrett play so well uh off of each other. And I mean Julian Barrett just has that classic like uh Bud Abbott straight man, but still really funny without attempting to be funny. Like, I think he might be the funnier of the two characters, of the two, um, yeah, of the two uh, on the show. I think he may be the funnier of the two just because he's, he's, uh, it's hard to describe. Like, Vince, uh, Noel Fielding's character is very irreverent and, like, he does a lot of, like, off the cuff, you know, like when we went to see him, like, somebody showed up late and, he was like, oh, you missed it. You know, I pulled the lever and turned the, the the floor into bread and we were all sliding around in our socks. And it wasn't funny, but it was just really fun. You know, it was, but it was, you know, a good time or whatever. 
you know, like that type of weird irreverent humor. But, you know, like Howard's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's always like making bold claims and uh, stating them as fact, even though, like, you know, they're ridiculous. But he has some great one liners, too, when he's talking about, like, you know, uh, what the hell episode was it when he's like, you know, he's talking about being dark or whatever and 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 uh it's the it's, it's the goth. no 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 Man, it's not it. the goth one. Oh, oh, oh he no says something it's like the old greg episode yeah he's like because they're talking about their music stylings they just how to they so at this point they're in like, a I band hate to tell you you're a little white and he's like who are you wesley snipes yeah, yeah it's old greg yeah because they're talking about how <laughs> um they're so they're a musical act now so when we first meet them they're uh they they work at a zoo at they're the part-time universe. musicians. Yeah, and they're part-time musicians. Uh, Howard being the jazz enthusiast. Jazz fusion. And uh, Vince loving... Oh my, what's, what's it? Electro. Yeah, but, it, but it's Gary... Gary, Gary Newman. Gary Newman. Um, God, why? That was sad. Um, yeah, so he was very like into the electro, electro-pop, electro-simp, um, 80s music. And... They have a gig that does not go well, and they are looking for their new sound and um, looking to do something, and then that's when the old Greg episodes happen. Um, but they're looking to kind of like make their music funkier or something, and 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 that's when Howard says, I can get dark. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm very funky. He's like, oh, no, he, he he says a line about being funky later on, but he says it to Greg. He's like, yes, Greg, you're very funky. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 very irreverent, and like this is when like you start to see some of the things that like make Vincent Howard. Like you see the uh, the the line where Howard says. Don't kill me. Uh, I've got so much to give, which he says repeatedly yeah. throughout the series. Like, that's his thing. Um, when he first encounters Greg. Because every time he thinks he's good at something, Vince shows him that he's, like, way better at him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a great fisherman. And he's like, oh, yeah? And it's like, so Vince is just sitting there in the boat with him. And he's like, what are you using for bait? Because Vince is catching hundreds and hundreds of fish. He's like, what are you using for bait? He goes, I was using these signed press shots. And he had like little like wallet-sized pictures. He goes, but then I gave up on bait. It's ridiculous. They're just throwing themselves at me. Watch this. He's like, come on. Come on in. And like three fish jump into the boat. Yeah. And Howard's like, the thing about fishing is it's not really about catching the fish. So he got, he's got mad. He's like, why don't you just head back to shore and I'll, I'll sit here and you know, leave me some fish. He goes, what do you want me to do? Walk on water? And he hands him a, a lifeboat, uh, an, inflate, he goes, an inflatable raft. It was emergency dinghy. So Vin spends 45 minutes like blowing it up and like he's lightheaded. He's like, oh, I've gone into the future. He goes, isn't there a foot pump? He goes, oh, yeah, here. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's one of those like unintentionally funny things. Like like had he just asked for it, Howard would have given it to him. But instead, Howard was content because he's making Howard look bad. So finally, Howard catches something and... He's like, why is, you know, and it's old Greg. And he's like, why is this hook in my head, fool? And he's like, I don't know. It's got nothing to do with me. And he's like, it's attached to your rod, mother liquor. 
Howard always tries to talk himself out of things, and it never quite goes well for him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, Maybe, can I do a little bit of history before we get into... Yes, please. All right. So, The Mighty Boosh was actually a childhood style that Michael Fielding, who plays Naboo on the show, so um, it's the name of their kind of comedy troupe. And in 19, I believe it's 1997, is when Field met uh, Julian at a comedy show, and he realized, hey, like, we have a lot of the same comic interests. They decided to do, like, a double act. They believed that they were going to be the next new Goonies, or Goodies, sorry. And so after their first performance together at the bar in London called Dehems in April 1998, this is where the creation of Howard Moon and Vince Noir, their zookeeper characters come alive. And they tested out this um, these characters on a kind of a comedy central uh, television show skit called The Unnatural Acts, which they, uh, Julian was a huge writer on, huge influence on. And so because of that, they had three stage shows, The Mighty Boosh in 1998, the Arctic Boosh in 1999 and the Auto Boosh in 2000. Because of the success of the Arctic Boosh in 1999, BBC Radio decided, hey, let's see if you got the talents to do like some radio episodes. So they ended up doing six radio episodes. And then because of that, in 2003, we were given the Mighty Boosh, the comedy sketch series and it lasted for three seasons 20 episodes and we are given howard moon and vince noir and we just see them as zookeepers which i i like at the beginning for me personally the zookeeper thing was kind of ridiculous but what i did enjoy about series one was the opening monologues and i wish that they kept with it like that was like the one thing I really enjoyed about season series one because of those opening monologues. Like, I am Howard Root and this is Vince Noir. And Vince Noir's like, "Hey, what's up?" I think like if they kept with it, I think it it just it like I don't know. It was just like it opened the show up. Like it felt like um, Keenan and Cal. Like I was yes. I was thinking that I was yeah. Like, it, they made it feel like kind of like a sketch comedy <laughs> almost, which it it wasn't. But at the same time, like they're. It broke that fourth wall. Yeah. And I loved that because even though they didn't keep up with the like intros and outros, like here is our show and that was our show. Yeah. Um, they still continually broke the fourth wall. Yeah. You know, it's like they, they knew they were being filmed. It's it's almost like a sometimes when I when I rewatch it, I, I feel like I'm watching kind of like a a reality show like a you big know brother I mean? kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah um you know because of how they like to interact with their audience you know the, the the viewers at home uh and just kind of like keep you in on the jokes and stuff i really enjoyed that and you know howard and mostly vince but howard does do it as well and i just thought that was brilliant yeah i think that like that kind of gives you like the idea this is like the audience who are learning who these characters are okay you see howard as kind of like a simple guy who's not into the as quote-unquote the trends the fads or as vince noir is known as like king of the mods like he's very trendsetty into what's in the crowd they're mod wolves 
And then, um, you know, you see the difference between them and then you see what connects them. It's not just they they share the same job title, but they have like a history together, their past, like a bromance. Like you see that and you are in this kind of relationship with like they have that kind of internal relationship with you and as the viewers with them and you go into their whole journey of dealing with shenanigans with um Brainbridge and um like fuck what's his name Bob Fossil yeah Bob Fossil sorry. Bob Fossil is my favorite character on the show and then like Mrs. Gideon where Howard Moon is such like infatuated with her and she doesn't even give him the time of day or even know his name but everybody knows Vince yeah well, I think the the first season does a really good job of establ- establishing these characters, and even though they don't stay in the Zooniverse, um, the you know aura and what these characters are about follows them yeah. into the rest of the series. You know, like you said, uh, Vince is very outrageous and ostentatious, and is like, "Hey, look at me! I'm Vince. I'm cool." And God, he he's so cool. Like he really is. All hail the king of the mods. Um, but you know, and at the same time, like Howard has these great ideas, but he's not memorable. Hence, Mrs. Gideon keeps forgetting, like, who are you, and who are you? Like, he's trying to do these grand gestures to, you know. And, and Howard's a romantic, yeah. like he he really is, and he's trying to do these grand gestures to show Mrs. Gideon, keeper of the reptile exhibit, how much he adores her and yeah. worships her, and he does things, and she's just like, and who are you again? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, but she has no problem remembering Vince's name, who he has done nothing. <laughs> He's just, he's just Vince, and he wears a poncho, and sometimes with a sombrero. Because how can you be ha- unhappy with you know when you're wearing a poncho and a sombrero? Um, but I really do enjoy how the first season sets up the remaining seasons, and the fact that it does a lot of really good uh, character development during that first season. So even though the show is all over the place with its storylines and stuff, the character development always stays the same. Yeah, and. Yeah. There is a time when Vince gets to see what it's like to walk in Howard's shoes when uh, Lance Dior and Harold Boone show up. The crimp off. They basically do everything that Howard and... Like, they're getting credit for all the things that Vince and Howard are doing. And at first, Vince is like, yeah, no, whatever, you know. But then, like, they steal the mirror ball suit. Yeah, at first, he's kind of like, you know, imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery. Like, whatever. That, that must mean I'm famous or something. That's, you know, Vince's mind. And Howard's just driven mad by it all. Um, and then, eventually, it starts to eat away at Vince. And before we go any further, I think what you, what you need to do is you need to explain to those who may not know what crimping is what crimping is crimping is when two minds share a thought and that thought turns into a song so so it's kind of like to tie in one of our most recent episodes kind of like a mech suit from pacific rim where two when minds drifting melts. when they're drifting when they're drifting yes. but instead of a mech suit it is a song 
Yes, they're drifting inside <laughs> of a song in, instead of a instead of a Jaeger suit. Yes. Um, I wasn't sure exactly how you were like where you were going with that. With the, no, 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 but you, but you know, like like when they're drifting, they're drifting. You know, like, like they're, their, their minds, their minds are insane. together. Yes. right, yeah. But instead of a mech suit, it's a song. Yeah, they're not inside of a, a mech suit. They're inside really of a song. Like, random, weird song. And they have soup. an opportunity where the tasty soup, yes. soup, the spicy corn and coriander, chili chowder, crouton, crouton, crunchy friends and a liquid broth. I am gazpacho, I am a summer soup, miso, miso, fighting in the dojo, miso, miso, oriental prince in the land of soup. So like they're just they. This is why you're Howard and this. Like this, this is, is, and I'm just Naboo. I'm just gonna turn my back on you. And there is a there is a time when they're losing to Lance and Harold, and they have to pull off what they deem to be impossible: the four way crimp. Oh god! So I'm not gonna. It just sounds like a bad I'm not sexual gonna, position. It's not the screaming Barbie, but. I'm I not attempted spoil the four-way crimp last night. It did not end well. That's a little bit different from the gothic three-way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I won't spoil what happened, but that's a great episode. Definitely check that one out. Um, see, the thing with these guys, and you know, this is something that Ashes and I were talking about the other day when we were watching it, is I think a lot of like the one-on-one conversations that you see... Uh, Howard and and Vince having like this is what they're doing in rehearsal and they're just kind of riffing off of each other and like these conversations aren't scripted but make it into the script and make it into the show because there's always like these like when they're you know Vince is talking about how old Howard is and something he's like oh what do you see when you look at me hoary old Gandalf the wizard and then like there's a scene where I'm you know they end their conversation and he looks back and Howard's dressed up like Gandalf. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think that was originally scripted. Or the cheekbone with, with the ninja. The cheekbone with the ninja. Yeah, like, they sat down. There's and this like, magazine. It's called that... Cheekbone that Vince, because Howard reads the uh, Geographic Explorer, some sort of uh, ripoff of National Geographic. Uh, and he, you know, Vince is like, oh, I read Cheekbone so cutting edge they don't sell it in shops it goes out of date every three hours you can't buy it it has to be delivered by ninjas like stuff like that i don't think um was in the script i think that's just something that as they're improving, as they're rehearsing for the show like this show doesn't have like super high-end special effects like it, they're passable but a lot of it is like you know these these uh, low budget sets, and you see the the effects budget has gone up from season to season. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think one of the biggest things is the interactions that these guys have with their co stars, and because again, you know, due to budgetary constraints, you know, these two guys, you know, Julian Barrett and Noel Fielding, plus uh, Rich Fulcher, um. Uh, they play the majority of the characters. Like they could each play three or four characters in a single episode. Yeah. Um, Tony Harrison. Tony Harrison. This is an co- outrage on the Council of Shamans. Um, 
Which I think, you know, not to break away from, like, Howard Moon and Vince Moore, but it just, it tells you, like, how this comedy troupe can really morph and change into different and, like, I don't know how many, like, countless of different characters. Like, they could interchange and, like, the scene never loses its magic. Yeah, and it shows, like, just exactly how well-versed and talented these guys are, like, Again, Bob Fossil is one of my favorite characters, and he's played by Rich Fulcher, who's and like that the is only, why I don't like cricket. Right, he's the only American character. Like, there's a part where he calls Howard into his office, and he's just dancing to the song "I Don't Like Cricket." Oh, and then cricket. when they get to the line that says "I Don't Like Cricket," like he's just dancing and rubbing his nipples, and like he's a very sexual actor. Oh. Uh, every character he plays on the show is like over sexualized. Oh, yeah, he shuts off the 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 tape and says and that's why i don't like cricket like there's no explanation like, for anything that why you called me in here and he was like yes he doesn't know he's the head of the zoo but he doesn't know any of the zoo uh, any of the animals like he refers to the gorilla as the squashed in little french man with the hand feet you know with the hand feet you know the little french boy with the hand feet what does he call the bear like a russian the uh, russian carpet man yes the hairy russian carpet yes. man yes that's the bear. I laughed at that when I was the like, pandas, oh my god. He's, he's talking to Howard about something. He's like, you know, the Chinese people that eat sticks, the black and white Chinese people. <laughs> the pandas. And those are pandas. Uh, the snake is the uh, the windy man, the long mover. He's yeah. the python. Mm-hmm. And then the, I forget what he calls the, uh, the leg face man is the elephant. Yes. Like, he doesn't know any of the... He's like, ooh, look at me. I'm Howard Moon. I know the names of all the animals. And then he, like, licks his fingers and rubs his nipples. Uh, like, that's what he does all the time. Like, that's, like, his go-to Don't move. Don't do it. It's so funny. Don't but, like, he's it, the ever. only American. And, like, they don't really try to hide that they're playing different characters. <laughs> like, it's not like they use elaborate makeup, like, except when Vince is the moon or, like, old Greg... Or the Hitcher. Usually, like, if Howard is being attacked by something, it's Noel Fielding playing that kid, you know, the spirit of jazz. Yes. The Hitcher. Uh, old Greg, I said. Old Greg, the spirit of jazz, the Hitcher. Uh, not Betamax. Who the hell else does he play? I don't know, but he plays He plays quite a few, uh, quite a few different... Characters. Although Howard, uh, no, Julian Barrett gets in there when he's uh, Sandstorm, the guy made of sandpaper. Love, love. Yeah, and he's also Rudy and the head priest. shaman. Rudy and, and Spider Dijon. Yeah. The priest and the beast. Yeah, he's the head shaman and uh, uh, Noel Fielding plays Tony Harrison, who's basically a pink head with like some tentacles. And I love Shabu, who play, is played by Richard Arwardi. I was so excited when I oh, 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 the um the other shaman. You know nothing of the crunch. Yes. I, I like I saw that episode yesterday and I was like, Yay! He finally a, made it. One of my favorite things that they do is like all the different like British slang that they throw in there because the, the They the, say tits a lot. It has yeah, nothing do. to do with lady parts. No. Tits, shit, fuck. They, do they get a fuck. lot of they get a lot of profanity words out there in, yeah. the, in the UK, which I wish I was there. They get there. away with a lot more than we do in 
in I mean, they say the C word so openly over there, so it's like, God, I need to go there. <laughs> we need to move there, yeah. No, it's, it's a... Um, they're fascinating characters because of the variety of uh, of situations in which they find themselves, and it's always like the music is amazing. Like these guys, they play their own instruments, they do their own songs, um, and there's a song in pretty much every episode. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. The tundra song is great. The tundra rap is awesome. The love game song, love games with uh, old Greg and Howard. Um, we played that song at our wedding. We did play that song. <laughs> at our wedding. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so there's those. Two, there's that one. There's the the Yeti song. The Yeti Magic song is amazing. Yeah, I do love that um, one. I wish we could play that. Me. And there's the uh, the, the Charlie song. This Charlie song. Getting that. The Hubba Bubba Nightmare. Oh yes, yes. I like what a touch. A lot about and like want to touch. I want to touch based on a lot of like how they do all their comedy acts the way it is. But I think we should really talk about the characters individually. Like, let's talk about like Vince Noir, which I know I have. would love to talk like, about. Let's Vince talk Noir. about Vince Noir before we talk about Howard Moon. Um, Ashes, I see you have notes. I have so many notes, and I'm not going to lie, most of my notes are on Vince Noir. <laughs> That's um, why I picked you first. He's definitely my favorite of the two, uh, partially because I want to raid his wardrobe, and partially because I want to heavily, heavily make out with him. Um, so one thing I love about both characters is that they both go through phases, as to what they want to do with their life, what they, I mean, they have like their go tos. Like Vince is always king of the mods. He's always ostentatious and outrageous and flamboyant, and he's always mistaken for a woman because of his hair. And you know what I love? I absolutely love the fact that he doesn't flinch. Like he's just accepted it. He's like, yeah, people think I'm I'm a female. I don't. I mean, really he has care. twelve people working on it. Yeah, one for the circumference of his hair. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But like, it doesn't it doesn't bother him and i love that because some guys would kind of be like oh back off i'm i'm a dude and he's just like yeah whatever you know because i mean he knows deep down inside that he gets all the ladies oh yeah um technically it's like the same two ladies over and over again just they change outfits as often as yeah well i mean exactly like there aren't a lot of people who are employed to work on this show i should say employed to act on this show yeah i think in real life Noel Fielding's ex-girlfriend was one of the actresses who was playing his like. I wish I was one of Noel Fielding's (laughs) ex-girlfriends. Yeah, one of his ex-girlfriends was on the show, so you could tell like how budget was on that on that series. Well, I believe some of their family members were um, extras on the show as well. Noel Fielding's uh, stepmother and And father were on the show. I believe his nephew and I think some of Julian Barrett's. family and friends were on the show as well so yeah so you could tell that uh, budget wise that works out really well but also it's sometimes it's easier to direct people that you're related to correct like shut up mom just stand still for two seconds you know not that i would ever tell my mom to shut up because she'd slap me so freaking hard um but anyways getting back to vince noir um he does a lot of of growing sometimes throughout each episode um one of the things i love is 
him and Howard ultimately are always on the same page. Like, they always come to the same conclusion. They always come to... Um, they're always like regardless oh, I'm, I'm going to talk about the um a really good episode of this uh i'm kind of jumping to the third season right now is the legend of milky joe yeah with the, coconuts, the coconuts they are isolation they um howard and vince are taking their act to america to hit it big and they get into a boat accident because apparently of course the only way you can get to america is by boat and well they're not so, rich so flying was out of the question um and they get shipwrecked and they land on this island and you can kind of see how different they are but how much their friendship means to them at the end of the episode. Um, so initially, you know, their friends are trying to tough it out. And then they create the, the, the have a fight. They go their separate ways. They create these coconut people who come to life. And Milky Joe is the first one. And that's the one that Howard creates. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much Vince's replacement. And so Vince is like, oh, yeah, well, screw you. And Vince creates women. And he is surrounded by coconut women. And Vince has coconut parties with coconut women. And one of the women, uh, because in a lot of the episodes, Howard is trying to get, you know, there, there are two girls and there are two of them. So Howard's like, oh, two of them, two of us. Like, come on, help me out here. Like Vince is constantly Howard's wingman. Um, and so what happens is Vince pairs Howard up with one of his coconut women. <laughs> it gets so freaking weird, guys. Like... <laughs> The coconut people have like personalities, but they're just coconuts on sticks. And Howard is having this conversation with his coconut women, wife, whatever. And he like smacks her down and she hits her head and coconut milk starts spewing out of the, the head. And Howard's like, oh my God, I killed her. Oh my God. And, um... Vince, who has been, you know, separated from Howard, they, Howard goes to him and is like, oh, this thing happened. And Vince is like, oh my God, we have to hide the body. Like, he's still down for us after all they went through in this, I don't know, 48 hour period that they were supposedly shipwrecked. Um, Yeah. Anyways, so Vince was still down for his friend regardless and helped Howard hide the body and then they went to coconut people court and God, that was a really fucked up episode. That was so weird. But anyways, you got it to see it's a really good episode, episode to see the friendship of the two of them play out and to see, you know, Vince is like, hey, I'm a party man. I'm constantly surrounded by people. I'm having a good time. And Howard's like, you know what? I'm more secluded. I'm more of a one on one type of person. But at the end of the day, they're still best friends. They still need each other because they're the yin and the yang. They balance each other out. And you can't really have one without the other. Correct. So you can't. Like, Howard really. And, and this proves it. You know, he he accidentally kills his coconut wife. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's 
I don't even remember to see her that name. episode. I, I, it's like patience or prudence or something. It's weird. But anyways, like Howard accidentally kills his coconut wife and, and needs Vince to help him hide the coconut body. Yeah, because the coconut police show up. <laughs> yeah, and Vince is driving the getaway car to get them away from the coconut police because of course that would happen. This is real life. Well, I mean, come to find out it's this weird dream that they had being stranded on the island. They coincidentally both had the same dream, but still a lot of the, the characters... Because they're, they're mind-melded. That's how they crimp so well. Exactly, because they're a Pacific Rim job. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> of course, it goes back to his specific group chat. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, Vince goes through a lot of phases as well, and Howard goes through phases too. And they kind of go through phases like at the same time. Even though Howard says that he doesn't go through through phases, he's a very simple man, but he does. Like he goes through the phase of aspiring to get a respectable profession and such as a musician or a poet or a novelist, the photographer that we talked about earlier. Um, and obviously he usually uh, fails and Vince, uh, he's King of the mods one day. He's a goth, the goth girl episode. Uh, well, that's also the Nanageddon episode. Um, you know, he's, he's a punk head of a punk band one day. Um, you know, all of these different things, but the the one constant in their life, and I think this is one of the reasons why they're so willing to go out and venture out and try new things and try to figure out what their next thing is, is the fact that they know that, you know, Howard knows that Vince is going to be there at the end of the day. So he can go out and he can make a fool of himself and he can go home and Vince is still going to be there. He's going to make fun of him for it, yeah. but Vince is still going to be there and vice versa. Like Vince can go out and he can, he can do whatever and wear whatever. And he can, you know, regardless of what happens, you know, Howard is always going to be there at the end of the day. They're pretty much life partners. Yeah. I mean, Howard's first kiss was Vince. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. The first on the time rooftop. he was ever in love was with Vince, but he got over him really quickly. And Vince is like, "How could you get over me? Like, do you know who I am?" <laughs> <laughs> like Vince got very upset about that. I mean, we could we could probably go on for yeah, but I just kind of wanted to touch hours. down before touch down, touch before we go to our next break. But like, talk about the cultural impact of this show. And I was talking to Ashes about this. A lot of a lot of comedy troops, especially in the UK, have made it like it's not just the UK, but also in the US. But I feel like the might like each generation has their own kind of comedy troupe. Like we before it used to be the Monty Python and Fry and Laurie and the League of Gentlemen, the League of Gentlemen, which is a wonderful Kids in the hall. No, uh, the League of Gentlemen, which is with Mark Gaddis, who is. Um, Mycroft of Sherlock Holmes, but uh, or Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch, but like each generation has their own kind of comedy troupe where they kind of deal with a lot of like um, issues at the time. Like I feel like with the Mighty Boosh, they really touch about finding your own individual selves, and especially at that time where they came out, where you know it's okay to be homosexual or straight or be a goth or be eccentric or be a little bit dolly like they let 
like it's like the the comedy troupe of your generation like i feel like they were like my comedy troupe of my generation where it's okay they like let you like they let you into their lives and you could be like they spread that message of like you could be who you want to be love who you want to who do you want to love or express who you who you true self is and no one's never going to judge you You're always going to have friends right there right it's like an after school special values but on a friday night that you can't remember because you drink way Correct. too much flirtinis <laughs> and i think that's why it's such a cultural classic and cultural hit for a lot of people because i know we ashes and i were talking about how like Noel Fielding was really surprised that he was still like relevant over here in the US because he did this comedy tour and they had to add shows because tickets were selling out quickly and he was surprised that he was able to you know be so popular but like it's that influence that he has brought onto like his comedy troupe with the Mighty Boosh with Julian and his artwork with Julian but like who he is individually as well like he's such an eccentric person you just want to be around him and you can feel his energy of being happy or just being like if you're right around him you just you feel like joy and positive vibes and i feel like that's what the mighty boosh really brings is just like that sense of like happiness and these characters and like we're not sure if they're gonna come back they always tease about like coming back for another series or like another tour or whatnot and i know recently julian was like well i'm free but i know field is uh no uh field uh noel is dealing with the british breakup at the moment so yeah and the the, the show that we went to see had nothing to do with um the mighty boosh other than, well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't it technically wasn't a mighty, affiliated. It wasn't my it no. wasn't a Mighty Boosh show, but it did have a lot of Mighty Boosh aspects to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's Noel but Fielding's the, Right. Right. Like and, influence. Like he did the moon. But one of the things that I I, I love about this, and I, I believe I mentioned it before on this show, is Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett, they were once questioned about their comedy. Like, wow, you must be, you know, you must have to get really high to write like that. Or, you know, you must get really wasted. And they don't. No. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't. And, and Noel, I'm, I'm going to be paraphrasing here, but uh, said something along the lines of, you know, it's just creativity. Yeah. You know, we encourage kids to be super creative and crazy and weird but as adults we don't and why is that why don't we encourage adults to be creative and and weird and absolutely bonkers yeah and i just i love that so much you know this uh, to go from my first viewing of this to 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 what the fuck am i watching <laughs> to i look forward to certain episodes and certain scenes and interactions um and these characters um you know i follow noel fielding on social media as well as in real life, he still has yet to put a restraining order out on me, so I'm going to keep following him. I mean, that um, heckle was like a <laughs> like a verbal warning. Um, 
but a, he's he's an artist and a lot of the artwork that he you know he did a lot of the artwork for the mighty boosh but a lot of his artwork that he puts out still is it's mighty boosh like you see it and it's just it's him it's inside of him it's who he is and julian barrett is a little more low-key um he has been quoted as saying he'll uh he he prefers to spend time with his family and drink tea and read books rather than be on big fat quiz shows <laughs> um you know but but he's still he's still there and mm-hmm. and all of that is still there so i'm i'm hoping that within the next couple of years that they yeah you know, get the band back together and decide to, to tour again, because I think that's something that we could all use right now. But there's something to be said about creativity and there's something to be said about outside of the box creativity. And that's what the the Mighty Boosh is. It is outside of the box creativity. And yeah. you really feel that when you watch the show, like you see the musical aspect, which is all about Julian, but you see the art and the colors and the vibrant moods is totally null like you see the their creativities coming together and form this heart and soul of the show like it you just feel loved you could feel the love and how much they put the time and effort and they didn't give a fuck of like if people loved it or not right this is it was definitely a passion project and you feel that in every aspect um but there's something to be said it, it's not made for everyone these characters are not for everyone. Not everyone is going to understand it. But for the select few who do, who love and appreciate these characters, the, 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 the few people out there who are just as fucking bonkers as these guys on the show, like... Yeah, that's who it's for. That, yeah, exactly. Like, th- it's those for the people are, like them. For the people like us. Yeah, well, the people like them who, you know, who would appreciate their, you know, eclectic and eccentric uh, styles. You know, that's that's who they're doing this for. They're doing this it's for like, the people that, you know, the, the downtrodden uh, weirdos. Yeah. So, so I think with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and bring the... Uh, discussion to a close uh because we could just go on for hours cheers to the weirdos yes Ooh, we are sorry. the weirdos mister <laughs> that um, was so bad so sorry. we'll go to a quick break uh we'll come back we'll give a preview of what's going on next week we'll give you some battle results battles and uh we'll be right back trick-or-treat radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture navigated by the deadites we are the world's greatest electroshock band we destroy monsters we drink booze and we win championship belts if you're not listening to trick-or-treat radio here's a taste of what you've been missing there's three guarantees in life what are they death taxes and trick-or-treat radio every friday morning. this is one of the most convoluted movies i've ever seen in my life i'm fucking trying man hi 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 oh yeah hey 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 oh yeah it's like <laughs> you took a shit on a pile of shit but you shit on him right. for liking what he was yeah well it's my job this podcast is now banned in germany <laughs> it's me giovanni lombardo radici shut up i call bullshit i demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay lohan if i had genitals i would definitely Bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. 
They had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Hi, I'm Richie the Whiz Kid from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank, and when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers Podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. And we're back. You're welcome. So I hope you uh, enjoyed that and... uh if you've never seen the show, definitely do yourself a favor and watch several of the episodes. We are you talking about this show? Like, never seen this show? Because no, they can't see us. No, I'm talking about Mighty Boosh. Oh. <laughs> so definitely check out the Mighty Boosh. And uh, they have you can check us out, too. Yeah, hey. that's true. We do have but pictures you, on the Facebook page. Yeah. But, like, with that, you like it's on Hulu. But if you want to see some of their comedy acts and whatnot, they have... Like their full on like tours, like their tour um, shows on YouTube, like two three hour tour sh- videos. So different from Gilligan's Island three hour tours. Yeah, so definitely check those out as well. Uh, speaking of uh, shows to check out, uh, I'm sure you just heard the the promo for the Paranormal Punchers. Um, this this coming Monday, I think Monday or Tuesday, their their episodes. Uh, it's Tuesdays. So Tuesday. Uh, I recorded an episode with those folks. Uh, we are going to be discussing the Voynich Manuscript. The a, what? The Voynich Wait, who Manuscript. You, did you say who you're talking? Paranormal Punchers. Okay, just want to make sure. Um, we, I, I joined those folks. They were nice enough to have me on. And we talked the Voynich Manuscript, which is a an undecipherable uh, book containing uh, different plants and animals and and astrological charts that has baffled people since the 1400s no one knows what it is uh we share our different thoughts on it um it's a, it's an interesting show i had a lot of fun doing it and uh, i'm hoping to come back uh, at some point um cuz i, I want to do a, an episode about uh satanism i think that'll be fun but uh Ashes, you have another show that people should check out, uh, and this isn't a podcast. This is a live event. Yeah, so if you are in or around the Worcester area on Friday, March 30th, starting at 8 p.m. at the Cove Music Hall, it is a benefit for the lovely Miss Kim Cody. That is the beautiful lady friend of the one and only Mr. Dynamo Mars. Uh, it is called The Darkness for Light, a benefit for Kim Cody. There are a plethora of bands playing, including The Deadites, Birds and Bombs, Roger Lavalle, The Evil Streaks, and Be Lit. 
It is a $10 donation to enter. You have to be 21 plus because it is a bar, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck. There will be boozes there. There will also be it. a benefit CD. Uh, really? Oh, no? No, don't say Sorry. I was supposed to tell you not to say anything about the CD yet. You did not do your job. I did not. You're wow. fired. You're f- Listen, I, listen. There is no benefit CD. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Don't don't drink and podcast. That'll be there, but Yam will be there. Yam will be there. Up and over. But we want everybody to come to the show. Well, yeah, come to the show because see you know you there. Who's going to be at the show? Say. She'll say, "See you there." Right? Agent Nicole is going to be at the show. I'm going to be there. Patsy the Angry Nerd is going to be at the Probably show. Probably in a shark suit. Oh, I'm going to be at the show. So this is your one and only chance. Well, not your only chance, yeah, but it's one of the many chance. chances that you will have to buy me a glass of wine. <laughs> so come to the show. Have a good time. Make a donation. And I'm so looking forward to it. That's going to be some really great music. Yeah. Wolfie, if you can get there, I, I got to introduce you to Round Trip Jones. You got to meet this guy. Like He's a hell of a theremin player. Uh, why is that? Why should I meet him? Because he's a hell of a theremin player. Like well, he's, theremin's okay. Plus, he's he's a wicked cool guy. Like, have you, have you ever you've seen pictures? I'm sure. Yeah, I heard he doesn't talk though, so I don't know. He doesn't, but you know, you he can communicate. Sign language, with, you can communicate gestures, you know, body language. I mean, look what the little mermaid dance. did. <laughs> I hear he's good at interpretive dance. He is. I've danced with him. He's a, he's a uh, he's a hell of a guy to cut a rug with. I, I have danced with him. There's pictures. But anyways, so remember, kids, it is going down Friday, March 30th at the Cove Music Hall in Worcester. So we will see you there. Yeah. And be awesome and go. And uh, we will remind you, you know, going forward in case you forget. But uh, we will also be posting about it in the. Uh, Dude, we're going to get so drunk. It's going to be great. Yeah, I won't because I generally drive. So. I probably won't. Yes, you will. I will. I will. I'll have probably one. Too many. <laughs> I'll have one. One too many. Bitch, you're not mine. It only body. takes one drink to get Nicole drunk, but no, she's not does. sure if it's the 14th or 15th. No, it's not one drink, you <laughs> asshole. Yeah, it's one drink, but you're not sure if it's the 14th or the 15th. I'm going to fucking slap you. Oh my God, One so drink to rule them all. But before we talk about battle results, um, if you want to, oh hello, um, if you want to spread the love of Throwdown Thursday all over the place, um, we do have a Twitter page, Twitter account, TD Thursday Pod. You can um, add us there, follow us. We also have our Facebook page, Throwdown Thursday Podcast. We are on Stitcher. We are on iTunes, we are on Satchel, and I think we're going on Spotify. Uh, that's that's the rumor I heard. Okay, I didn't know, but yes, it's happening. But uh, it's happening like you know. Okay. Much eventually. Much, eventually, yeah, we'll be much, on Spotify. Much more time than I thought it would take to get oh, on okay. there. But yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Patsy didn't tell me yet or not. So Patsy's still not doing his job. Listen, I said we're going on Spotify. That will eventually be true. <laughs> eventually be true. So there's plenty of places to bug us at. We'll love you. 
And okay, so follow Bowers. me and I'll follow you. Same here. Follow us forever. I will vet you before I follow you. I'm not just going to follow people willy nilly. Oh I don't God. just give away my You're follows. fucking snob. Listen, I don't You're just give it away. You're right? a snob. No. Okay, battle results. So last week, our battle was the billionaire bro down between T'Challa and T'Chaka. For those of you who are unfamiliar, that's Black Panther and his father, who was Black Panther before him, both uh, kings of Wakanda, versus Bruce Wayne and Thomas Wayne. This is, of course, Thomas Wayne from the Flashpoint uh, storyline, because, as we all know, the regular Batman storyline, you know, Thomas Wayne died when Bruce was just a, a youngin, when he was just a wee bairn. Um, so there was one week prep time for each team and it was an overwhelming victory for uh the kings of wakanda hashtag wakanda forever yeah so it was uh we didn't get as many uh, votes as we had hoped but it was still well i mean so who did who did you choose Asia i Nicole? picked the kings of wakanda and who did you pick i picked That's the it. kings of wakanda you see i did too okay so why why well based on what uh Everybody was saying last week, like, I know the whole thing is Batman with prep time, you know, can take down anybody. Well, the thing is, Wakandan technology and is I didn't ridiculous. Know this, it's not only is it ridiculous, it's, it's so it's secretive. Yeah. Nobody knows about it. So how can you prep for you it? You can't prep for something that you, I you mean, he know. could prep for the vibranium suit. He could prep for any of the stuff that he's brought into battle. And said, okay, you know, this is how I can counter the vibranium. This is how I can counter this. But Sherry and her technology and, you know, equipping her father and her brother, you can't, you can't yeah, prep for that. Like their technology is beyond even what Wayne Tech has. And I think T'Challa is a better fighter. I mean. He's definitely quicker. Um, then I think they're about, they're. Similar. Uh, T'Challa is enhanced. Batman's just a guy. Uh, but Thomas Wayne is much more brutal and doesn't hold back the way Bruce does. So I thought that might give him an edge. But T'Chaka was kind of the same way, from what I understand. So, and T'Challa has no problem killing and being absolutely brutal when necessary. So, yeah, I got to give it to uh, to the Black Panthers. And the voters agreed. Good so. job, voters. So we will have a new battle for you next week, one that won't be quite as brutal. But, oh, uh, but it, it will be, be fabulous. It will be. It'll be pretty. Uh, it'll be pretty colorful, I think. <coughs> so uh, next week, uh, what are we going to be talking about next week? Next week, we're talking about. The one and only Albert Goldman, also known as Starina, from the movie The Birdcage. Yes. Uh, this is a character that, again, has been I a long so time coming. Because this is, like, one of my favorite movies. Like, even, I've seen it a thousand times, and I still was laughing my ass off watching it the other night. So, yeah, absolutely, every time uh, it's on, I have to watch it. And if it wasn't streaming, we have it, so it doesn't matter. But if you haven't seen that, definitely watch it for next week so you can follow along with us. And I think with that being said, we, we will, will see you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>